What's going on, everybody? I hope you all are doing well. Welcome to episode number 38 of Broad Sports. As always, I'm your host, Kevin Cohn, and uh, today I got a special guest with me. I have met this fine man through TikTok, and I was honored enough to play in his Madden tournament. That is my man, Nico, a.k.a. We Sporting. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here, man. Really happy to have the opportunity to come on. As always, brother, it's always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. So, a uh, little rundown of the episode. It is my weekly series where we go over the top 25 for the week. We make our top 25 game of the week predictions. And then we look into week whatever the NFL, this case being week two, and we make our picks. You ready, brother? I'm ready, man. All right. Uh, this, just a recap of last weekend. This was a very crazy weekend. We had five ranked teams all lose this weekend. It included number three, Ohio State, number nine, Iowa State, number 14, USC, number 15, Texas, and number 21, Utah, all lost this week. That's yeah, crazy. That, that was a lot, especially me being a Buckeyes fan. Really surprised we lost when they did not have two of their best players on their team. Yeah, that did surprise me as well because also – I know me and you had talked about this. A lot of things that I pointed out last week on last week's episode, unfortunately, it reared its ugly head against Oregon. Ohio State, I said Ohio State is not very good against the run. And as you can tell, they were terrible against the run. A dual threat quarterback was the death of them. Oregon running backs accounted for four of their five touchdowns. C.J. Fridell having three of them, two on the ground, and one receiving, Travis Dye, also got into the end zone as well. And also, just something about that Oregon pressure just seemed to frustrate the hell out of that O-line. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I will say, it, it was a very it was a very good, uh, impressive game for C.J. Stroud. And that's, some, that's one thing I guess that Ohio State can take away from that game was C.J. Stroud not having an interception after having one against Minnesota. I mean, went for three touchdowns, 484, 35 for 54. I think, honestly, C.J. Stroud and Brody could agree with me. That is honestly probably the better game he's had since the Minnesota game, really. Yeah. No, Stroud had an amazing game. I thought he had, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Fox showed it, he had about 472 yards, I believe three touchdowns, and unfortunately the one interception at the end of the game that cost that cost them the game. But Yeah, I mean, he didn't look terrible. It's just that his O-line didn't really give him a lot of a pocket. But Mm. also, one one key element that helped Oregon win that game on Saturday is that they they kept Chris Olave out of the end zone. Yes, Uh, he had 12 receptions for 126 yards, but they kept him out of the end zone. While Jackson Smith and the Jigba had two, and Garrett Wilson had one as well. mm. But that that was a big takeaway for that Oregon defense. And... Also, if you look at the other side, Ohio State shut down Oregon's top receiver, Johnny Johnson. He didn't even have a single reception. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, both sides, I mean, both sides of the game, it was uh, end of the first quarter was 0-0. Then it was, you know, bombs away after that for Oregon. Oregon honestly manhandled that entire game up until, you know, the fourth quarter when Ohio State made that little bit of a comeback, but they didn't have too much time in that game to make a successful comeback. So yeah, but it was it was a great, it was a really good game all around. Obviously, very it was it, I would say mostly lopsided, but until the fourth quarter, it was kind of iffy until then, and then Oregon pulled away. Yeah, I would have to agree with you there, my friend. So let's take a look at the teams that dropped out of the rankings. 
One of them was ranked number 14 in the country last week and suffered a terrible loss at home against rival Stanford, and they've just dropped completely out of the top 25. That is the USC Trojans. And Mm. also, literally two days after this loss, Clay Helton was fired. Yeah, that was a really tough loss. I think that's one of the more shocking upsets that we had this last uh, in this last week. I was very, very surprised that Stanford ended up pulling away. It was a, it was that that was a cakewalk game, honestly. Yeah, it was definitely surprising knowing that uh, Kansas State kicked their teeth in week one. Kicked uh, Stanford. Yeah, Stanford. Yeah, yeah. Stanford no, lost twenty-four to seven. Jesus. Yeah, week one, uh, that, yeah, Stanford honestly had a tough battle week one, obviously going down to Kansas State and, you know, losing to them. And then, you know, coming in now to USC and absolutely, I would say some not a uh, biggest upset of the year. But when in, you know, obviously when you do beat a number 14 seed, I'm, I'm pretty, I was honestly was surprised when USC fired their coach, uh, their coach, honestly. But I can, I can sort of see why they fired him. But at the same time, I really don't understand why. Uh, what would you think the reason was, bro? Well, I mean, they've been wanting to fire him for years. Mm-hmm. Everyone's been saying he's been on the chopping block for at least two seasons now. But then the thing is, he keeps winning. He keeps producing like eight, nine win seasons and getting the bowl game. So it's like you can't really fire him if he's keep if he keeps doing it for us. Because then yeah. we'd look like idiots, like how Georgia fired Mark Rick literally after a nine and three season. Yeah, firing head coaches that are winning you games is one thing. But firing head coaches who are winning you games and not getting you to the promised land, that's another thing, personally. Yeah. <laughs> this just always makes me laugh because this is my stepmom's alma mater. Um, number 15, Texas, got absolutely manhandled by Arkansas. So oh, they absolutely. have completely dropped out of the top 25 which everyone was excited about this game because it was their first matchup since, I believe, the 2016 Texas Bowl. It was also one of the oldest rivalries in the Southwestern Conference. This rivalry goes back a while. These two teams don't like each other, and Arkansas kind of showed it. Oh, yeah, that's cute that you're a bull, but we're a hog, and hogs are vicious. Right. One thing I do want to talk about, though, is Arkansas's rushing uh, rushing game. Absolutely yeah. dominant. Your quarterback, K.J. Jefferson, having a phenomenal 10 carries, 73 yards. I mean, hell, for a quarterback, that's pretty good. The running back, leader running back, uh, Terlon Smith, absolutely had a great game. 12 carries, averaging 6.3 yards per carry. Not that bad. And, I mean, other guys like A.J. Green, Raheem Sanders, all of them almost all getting above 25 yards per carry. Basically, I mean, they were absolutely killing them on the run and Arkansas's receiving, honestly, playing like the 49ers, barely passing the ball and just killing them on the run. Yeah, literally. It was it was it was just a cakewalk game. I watched that game and honestly, jaw dropping every single time someone someone got into the end zone. And that that wideout, I mean, it was it was just a dominant game. Absolutely dominant. Oh, Arkansas absolutely manhandled them. Right. Of course. And our final team that dropped out of the top 25 is a team from the great state of Utah, and they lost their their battle of the Holy War in Provo against BYU. It's the Utah Utes. Mm-hmm. Lost to BYU. Without Wilson, they, they still prevailed to dominate. Yeah, it was their – I want to say they had won – Our game before, I, yes. I believe it was like something like four straight or six straight. 
heading into that matchup. Yeah, and again, we're going back to the rushing game, too. They're running back Tyler Alligier, 27 carries, 102 yards, no touchdown, but only getting about three yards per carry. So, obviously, they were trying to run the ball. Utah kept stopping it until Jaron Hall came in and went from eight carries, 92 rushing yards. I mean, like I said, we I feel like a lot of these teams that we're seeing this week from last week absolutely dominating in the rushing game. I feel oh, like absolutely. No team in the top 24, 25 is able to stop a run. It's just no. hard to, to these teams. And, I, and, and that's, I think, a big question of are a lot of these teams that are not ranked should be ranked, honestly, because they're just killing teams repetitively on the run. They're scoring touchdowns. And, I mean, it's – I don't know. A lot of these teams that are unranked, honestly, in my opinion, needs to be ranked. Yeah, I definitely agree. So, let's rapid fire through all the teams that received – some other receiving votes. The highest one with 111 votes is UCF or the University of Central Florida. They got 111. Mm-hmm. TCU or Texas Christian got 103. The Liberty Flames got 52. That's a team team that, that has honestly impressed me a lot this season. The Michigan State Spartans got 44. Yeah, Michigan State. I'm I'm a I'm a, I'm a Michigan State basketball guy, but when it does come to football, I'm more Ohio State. But Michigan State, in my opinion, has just never really been a college football team. I mean, they've had their ups and downs in their college football years, but they're really known for basketball. And yeah. now coming in, you're receiving 44 votes. And I do want to talk about Liberty, another team that I believe that should be ranked over some of the teams that you know that are in the college football like you know playoffs right now. I think uh, Liberty should be ranked over maybe possibly North Carolina. Liberty's a phenomenal team. Their quarterback is a projected first-round pick in the NFL. I do believe this team should be in the top 25, personally. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, but I think a reason why they don't is because I'm pretty sure they're an independent and they don't really have to follow any conference structure because they are in the Atlantic Sun, which does not have a football, which doesn't have a division for football. Of course. But, yeah, I think it's mainly due to the fact that they're an independent, but they're not a strong independent like Notre Dame, where Notre Dame can do whatever the hell they want. Because Liberty just moved up, I want to say, three, four years ago. Mm -hmm. So they don't really have the reputation to really just, like, play a lot of these strong games. Yeah, and and another team, too, Indiana, receiving 34 votes as well. Yeah. Uh, Carolina getting two, uh, 39 votes as well. I mean, Indiana, I mean, Big Ten. I'm surprised that Michigan cracked the Big Ten uh, top uh, – they cracked top 25 also. A little surprised on that, knowing how Michigan, yeah. Michigan wasn't even ranked coming into this season, I do believe. No, Nubin they up, were not. Newman up six spots. BYU also getting up there also. Auburn coming up in there too. Yeah. A lot of but uh, as you alluded to, USC got 39 votes. Indiana with 34 LSU with 31, Kansas State with 30, Nevada with 28, Oklahoma State with 27, Texas with 23, Maryland with 14. I, I've seen this team play. I think they should be getting more votes than just 14, probably more than Texas in my opinion. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with you, especially the defending champ, UC, uh, US, uh, UCF uh, in Florida, man, and the defending champs. <laughs> The Pitt Panthers get 13 votes along with the Kentucky Wildcats. Stanford got 10. Utah got 9. BC got 8. Toledo got 2. Texas Tech got 2. The Fresno State Bulldogs got 2. 
and Army got one. T- oh, wait, Toledo, they're 0-2, aren't they? They're receiving – you can receive votes by being 0-2? Probably oh, no. because no, they one took one. the number eight Notre Dame Fighting Irish to the ropes. Oh, no, they, they're one and one. They're one and one. They're one and one. Yeah. Yeah, my bad. My correction. They're one and one. Arizona's 0-2. Yeah. Yeah, so but, what uh, the, what's the next topic of uh, subject, Mr. Kevin? Well, we are looking at the top 25, which Let's you go. alluded to at number 25, a team coming out of the Big Ten in that ugly-ass maze, maze and blue. At number 25, a team that has beaten two scrubs, the Michigan Wolverines. They ended up playing Western Michigan and Washington, walking away with both wins also. And I, I really, honestly, both of them unranked, I do believe. Washington was unranked. Was Washington ranked coming into that game, Broad? No. Yeah. The, this team, personally to me, does not deserve to be in the top 25. Again, I'm not the one on that top 25 list. But if you play two unranked teams and you absolutely manhandle them, I do not believe you deserve to be in the top 25. Agreed. Coming in at number 24, they moved down two spots from 22 to 24 after Appalachian State took them down to the wire. At number 22 or 24, excuse me, the Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, I'm that's a that's a surprising one and also going up against Michigan. A big week against the 2 0 uh, Spartans. But yeah, yeah Miami you say Miami is more of the surprising team that's here after 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 getting manhandled by Bama, and as you said, going up in Appala- Appalachian is it? I'm so sorry. Appalachian. Yeah, sorry, Appalachian State. Some people I, say Appalachian, but I say Appalachian. Appalachian, perfect. So, but I mean, do you think they deserve to be there after getting manhandled by Bama and then no. basically kind of walking away with a lucky victory? I don't think so. No, I don't at all. And if you want to talk about an FCS to FBS success. You're looking at it right there with what the team that we just said, Appalachian State. Mm-hmm. Every single year they've been in this conference or up in this division. They won at least eight games. They are undefeated in bowl games. Yeah. And they've beaten some quality teams. I mean, they beat North Carolina with Sam Hallis freshman year. They beat South Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Coming in at number 20. 20- Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, like I said, I mean, it really just sums it up. I'm kind of one of the more undeserving teams to be here, but, you know. Yeah. All right, let's try to rapid fire a couple of these. All right. Coming in at number 23, this team was unranked last week, but took home the Holy War win against Utah. At number 23, the Brigham Young or BYU Cougars. Mm-hmm. And I, as I said, they deserve to be here. I mean, I could say that they deserve to be here, won't you? Yeah. 100%. Coming in at number 22, this team moves up three spots from 25 to 22, 25 to 22 after beating Alabama State 62 to nothing <laughs> at number 22, the Auburn Tigers. Yeah, I mean. The uh, team that I'm not impressed with. Yeah, Auburn just, you know. Uh, yeah. I'm supposed to be impressed with the fact that you beat an FCS team, shut them out. And then you beat the worst team in the FBS, Akron, by 50. You think I'm impressed with that? Not at all. No. Not at all. Coming in at number 21, moving up three spots from 24 to 21, this team was on fire Saturday night against Georgia State. Moving up three spots at number 21, the North Carolina Tar Heels. A phenomenal recovery after that first game of the season. I will say that. 
Coming in at number 20, this team was unranked last week, but took a big dub at home against rival Texas. Woo Pig Suey, you're finally back in the top 25 for the first time in, God, I want to say like maybe seven, eight years. At number 20, don't don't count me on that, by the way, because I could be off. But at number 20, the Arkansas Razorbacks. Good to see them back here in the top 20, like I said, and another team that has a huge rushing game that deserves to be up here. Yeah. Coming in at number 19, they move up three spots, or four spots, excuse me, from number 23 to number 19, Coach, Coach Herm Edwards and the Arizona State Sun Devils. Uh, me personally, I do not know a lot about this team to really give my general opinion. Uh, happy for them to be here, I guess. <laughs> I mean, Jane Daniels has shown he is one of the uh, – actually, I think he's a junior now. Uh, Jane Daniels shows – keeps showing why he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the Pac-12 this of season. Course. He, he's been amazing. And again, coming in and beating a ranked 15 Texas team, the Longhorns, yeah, I mean – uh, I guess, yeah, you beating a number 15 team, you, you deserving a top uh, you know, top 25 vote. Congratulations to you. Yeah, and Arizona State, they oh, have that a – Yeah, sorry. I was about to I'm say. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> but so Arizona State does have a challenging opponent this week that we will get into in just a moment. Not even changing from last week, staying at number 18 after bouncing back against Eastern Michigan – at number 18, the Wisconsin Badgers. Yeah, Wisconsin took, like I said, another team that really had a bad week on on uh, in week one and then coming in week two and just, you know, taking care of business. That's uh, that's Wisconsin right there. And they have, like you said, they go up against Notre Dame. That should be a phenomenal game. Can't wait for that. Uh, that They are actually on a bye week this week. That will be, that next I week, believe. Next in, week. Yeah, I believe yeah, it's sorry, next week. I, I wasn't looking at the scheduling. My bad. <laughs> that's all right. Coming in at number 17, moving up three spots from number 20 to number 17, the Ole Miss Rebels. Hotty toddy. Ole Miss right now, I believe, is going – Ole Miss, I do believe, has a game this week versus uh, Tulane, uh, Tulane or Tulane. Yes, or Tulane. Yeah, uh, for them, it should be an easy victory. I do hope to see that they can come out and, you know, strike. Their quarterback has been phenomenal throwing for 662 yards, I believe, in the last two games and has six touchdowns. Hopefully he'll have a you know way better stuff, not way better stats, but hopefully he can keep on dominating with that Ole Miss team and they can just keep on dom- dominating all the way through. Yeah, it'll definitely be an interesting matchup between Coral and Pratt. And I don't, I disagree with you saying that that's going to be an easy victory because this two-lane team took Oklahoma to the freaking wire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. Coming in at number 16, moving up one spot from number 17 to number 16 after crushing Kansas for the third straight year. Just thought, I, just thought I'd notify. I'd emphasize that. The third straight year. At number 16, I'm, I'm going to call them America's Sweethearts, a.k.a. the Mullets. <laughs> Coastal Carolina. Yeah, I really didn't. I really don't know much about Coastal Carolina. I do know this is one of the teams I believe ended up beating Zach Wilson last year in that BYU team and was the only ranked team that beat Zach Wilson, I believe, throughout the whole regular season because I only think they played around two. That team is lethal when it comes to playing big games. So hopefully they can come out and scratch out a win this week versus Buffalo. Yeah. 
Coming in at number 15, moving up four spots from number 19 to 15. Team that surprised everyone week one with their dominating victory against North Carolina, the Virginia Tech Hokies. Yeah, another team like you said, man, it's such a surprising team to be up here going up against West Virginia uh, this week. Uh, should be a battle right there. I do hoping that it's a great game, and I do hope both sides can come out with the victory. Not both sides, but I hope Virginia Tech can come out and with the victory and pull away. And hopefully they'll keep on moving up because Virginia Tech is one of those teams that I believe cracks the top 10 or cracks top 15 almost every year. And yep. never really gets to, you know, top five, but never really slips out of the top 10. Yeah. Coming in at number 14, moving down five spots from number nine to number 14. They lost against rival Iowa in Ames last Saturday, 27 to 17 at number 14, the Iowa State Cyclones. Mm-hmm. Coming off of a, would you call it an upset, Brad? Uh, yes, I would, because Iowa, I believe, was six and a half point dogs, maybe four and a half point dogs yeah. heading into this game. Yeah, but ranking, ranking wise, would you possibly say Iowa was the 10 seed before this now coming yes. in here? Real, I mean, I don't know. To me, college football upsets, if you're like four or five seeds of uh, separate from each other, okay, that's an upset. But like the 10 and a nine seed. Yeah, I get it. The six, like you said, the six and a half point, the six point, uh, you know, underdogs are over. Uh, I, like I said, it surprises me a lot, but hopefully Iowa State can bounce back versus UNLV this week. Mm-hmm. Coming in at number 13, moving up three spots from number 16 to number 13, a team that I honestly don't know how to judge this team, but <laughs> moving up to number 13. University of California, Los Angeles, or the UCLA Bruins. You're going up against Fresno State. Um, I know their quarterback, uh, Fresno State's quarterback, is lights out of a yes. quarterback. Uh, Jake, I, I, I can't pronounce his name. Is Jake Jake Hanier, Hanner? I don't even know how to say it. But he's been broad, honestly, statistic off of quarterbacks. Has probably one of the been one of the more pass-heavy quarterbacks we've seen so far this season. Absolute yeah. dominance. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, coming in at number 12, moving down four spots because a, I believe they were 22.5-point favorites, only beat the Toledo Rockets by three. Coming in at number 12, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Now, they, did, they ended up winning that game against Toledo, didn't they? They did. And their ranking went down because of the scoreboard? Yes. Wow. That's uh, that, wow. That's a that's that's a tough that's a tough break for uh, Notre Dame in the rankings wise. I mean, winning a game and then you went from what you would go from uh, eight to four, uh, eight to twelve. That's you're gonna have to really really blow out Purdue honestly to make it back up into that top ten. Yeah, coming in at number eleven, moving up two spots from number thirteen to number eleven. The Swamp, the Florida Gators. Yeah, Florida's got a tough matchup against them. A two uh, SEC, uh, you know, battle basically between Alabama versus Florida. Obviously, we all know who's going to win this game. I don't really see that as a shocker if Bama walks away three, four plus touchdown victory. Yeah. Now we are in the top ten. Coming in at number ten is my team after a dominating victory against Ball State last Saturday. Moving up one spot from number eleven to number ten. The Penn State Nittany Lions. We are Penn State. Yeah, Penn State brought to me uh, being Big Ten, you know, rivals, would you say? 
I'm not really high on Penn State. I can I can honestly see them losing to Auburn. It wouldn't shock me, but if Penn State wins, good for them. They are what are they? What are, what are, what the over under is fifty three for that game, and hopefully yeah. Penn State can take the game and win it. But like I said, Auburn pull away, please. <laughs> I mean, if you look at Penn State's schedule, it's just getting harder from here. Yeah, no. I... After this Auburn game. And after the Villanova game, because they're going to – I have friends that play for Villanova, but they're going to get absolutely crushed by Penn State. The next two games after that, they host Indiana. Then they go to Kinnick Stadium to play Iowa. Then they have Ohio State. Yeah, so a lot of Big Ten matchups coming up for them, basically. And a lot of them are on the road. Because they have at Iowa, at Ohio State, at Maryland – at Michigan State, a lot of road games. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a tough tough. That's gonna prove to see if Penn State's that team again that we yeah. once saw so dominantly a few years ago. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure after that the only home games left are Villanova, Michigan, Rutgers, Indiana is a home game. I I'm gonna lose my brain cells if I continue to try to figure this out anyway coming in at number nine moving down six spots from number three to number nine. Oh god team that was 14 and a half point favorites against the oregon ducks your team nico the ohio state buckeyes i hate our defense so much i really do i can't stand them dude they're all a bunch of kids that just got we went from high school to here we have a couple of veteran guys juniors and seniors couple sophomores but i'm sorry this this team you could have broad you can literally have a sophomore in high school and and they'll run through us like it's nothing our run game is so bad i'm hoping against tulsa we can just dominate, go back up into the top five where we belong and life can be happy but also a lot of that rpo killed them with oregon and penn state they moved into a more air raid offense compared to a spread. So it's going to be a lot more RPOs. So the way that that Ohio State secondary played, I'm expecting Jahan Dotson to have like 150 yards and like two touchdowns against that secondary. Jesus Christ, I miss our old team. Because <laughs> Jahan Dotson, I, you may not agree with me, but I believe that Jahan Dotson is one of the best wide receivers in this in this country. <sighs> I hate to be the guy to admit. Is he the best in the Big Ten? No, it's probably Chris Olave, but he's up there. Of course, obviously. Because his his stats right now through two games is 10 receptions, 167 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, a lot of teams have been able to keep Chris Olave out the end zone. The only team I think to keep him out was, like you said, it was, um, it was Oregon and Minnesota. Yes, because – Alave had four receptions against Minnesota and two of them went for touchdowns. Yeah, so praying that we could just keep every receiver they have under yards and I'll be happy. Yeah. Coming in at number eight, moving down one spot from number seven to number eight, the Cincinnati Bearcats. Yo, Cincinnati, they go up against uh, Indiana this week, I do believe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, um, should be a good game. I honestly wouldn't be surprised here. I'm going to call the somewhat of the upset. I will take Indiana to win this game, actually. All right. Well, we'll get there. 
in <sighs> just a few minutes, my friend. Oh, perfect. The upsets. Coming in at number seven, moving down two spots from number five to number seven. This team looked absolutely terrible last week in Denver against Colorado at number seven, the Texas A&M Aggies. This team was 17-point favorites against the Colorado Buffaloes. If any of you guys remember last week, I did call that the Buffaloes would cover their spread. Mm-hmm. But that that Texas A&M offense was terrible. Like, they won the game 10-7, and they did not score that touchdown until about, I believe, five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Texas Tech, honestly, one of the – not Texas Tech, Texas A&M, one of those teams to me personally that you're in the top ten, man. You are favored to win this game by a huge margin, like you said. And you barely put up 10 points. Yeah. It's a joke. It's a, it's a, it's an, honestly, it's a, it's an utter, it's an utter joke. I hate to be that guy that, you know, yeah. it would seem like Texas A&M, but they're frauds. They're literal frauds. I don't think they should be top 10. Honest to God. Like their only loss last year was to Alabama by 28 points, by the way. The way that they played against Colorado, I expect uh, that 28 to turn into 48. Yeah. Yeah, not good. That's an embarrassing win. Embarrassing win. Yeah. Coming in at number six, not moving up, not moving down from last week. They got a bounce back game against South Carolina State. At number six, the Clemson Tigers. Yeah, Clemson. Whew, man. Surprising, surprising, surprising that right now they are not in the top five. Really yeah. surprising. That's and that's and that we can all speak for it. Clemson. Of course, we all know Clemson is the you know Clemson. You know, so dominant for all these years. Clemson this, Clemson that. Guys, Clemson is just Clemson ain't looking good right now. Everyone, I I hate to just be that guy, but don't expect Clemson to be in the college football playoffs. Sorry, that's my take on the season. Don't expect them to be there. Uh, all right. This is these next two are probably the most surprising. Coming in at number five, moving up five spots after winning their sixth straight because they did not have one last year due to COVID. Winning their sixth straight Cyhawk Trophy against rival Iowa State. Moving up to the top five in what feels like forever. The Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah, the, this is something that we have not seen in a very long time. I think it's like two. Yeah, I think it, I think literally, I think it's 2015 when they got up to like as high as number four. Yeah, and now they're back up to five. Do I think they'll stay consistent and stay at five? No, no, because they still have to play Wisconsin. They had to play Penn State. And do they play? Yeah, they have to play Ohio State too, or no? I don't think so. Lucky. If they can squeak out those wins, I mean, that, that would be a team that if the college football, uh, you know, I would say committee keeps them there, that'll just blow my mind. Yeah. Coming in at number four, this team moved up eight spots after beating Ohio State for the first time in school history. The Oregon Ducks. A deserve, I would say a deserving team that deserved to be up here. Honestly, being them ranked 12 coming into that game was a little eh, a little iffy. Now, obviously, weekly prior. But I will say that Oregon, once they get back, uh, I, I you know, it's crazy. I can never pronounce that dude's name. Theo, Theo, ah, Broad, help me out here, man. What's the dude's name? Which one? 
that number the number one per overall. Oh, Kayvon uh, Thibodeau. Yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau. Once they yeah, get that's back, that's Cajun Thibodeau. Yeah. yeah. If this if this team when once they get them back and they just can keep steamrolling through teams, don't be surprised if this team stays where they're where they're at and they're in the college football playoffs. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny. I, uh, I was just thinking about this. So Thibodeau to me is easier to pronounce, but a lot of the Polynesian names are extremely hard to pronounce. Right. Thank you. The, the only reason why I know how to say DJ Ui Ungalale is because of Clemson's YouTube channel. There you go. That is yeah. the only reason why. Yeah, his name just scares me. Because if so- I didn't know that, I would have just said, oh, DJ U. <laughs> So, DJ, even though you probably will never hear this, if you somehow hear this, I'm not making fun of your name. It's just extremely hard to pronounce. <laughs> uh, coming in at number three, moving up one spot back to where they were, or back in the top three after crushing Western Carolina with the most overrated quarterback in the country at number three, the Oklahoma Sooners. I, I, I hate I hate Spencer Rattler. I'm sorry, bro. If there's like as a, do I. If there's a way that I like I I, I know there's like you know we can sugarcoat and be like oh well a lot of people just overlook it. No, this kid's a god awful. I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. He's terrible. He, he he is absolutely terrible. The fact that that this man is one of the projected lottery picks in the NFL makes me want to go play football. Honest to God, makes and me want to go play. The fact that he's considered the Heisman favorite is sad. I would vote for Brees Hall from Iowa State. Hell, I'd vote for Brock Purdy over uh, Spencer Rattler. Anybody with uh, uh, with arms and legs broad has a chance to have a better shot at winning Heisman than this bozo. Um, yeah. So no, no offense, man. I, I don't like to come on here and – Yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> and then top two, we're just going to rapid fire. Number two is Georgia. Number one is Alabama. Dominance. I yep. think we can say that for both. <laughs> well – that is it for the top 25. Now, let us take a look into the top 25 games of the week. Uh, sometimes ESPN, I love you, and sometimes I hate you. Because <laughs> it's showing me that Liverpool won their game against AC Milan in Champions Group pool match. It's awesome. But I hate seeing that the Phils right now are winning against the Cubs 3-2, to two, but it's the top to fifth. I hate when it shows me that crap. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. On Saturday, September 18th, 2021, at noon on Fox from Memorial Stadium in Norman, Oklahoma, we have one. We have the number three Oklahoma Sooners welcoming in one of their old Big 12 rivals, the Nebraska, the two and one Nebraska Cornhuskers. The Sooners, they are favored by 22 points, and the over-under is 62 points. Since you are my guest, Nico, or we sporting, I'll let you go first. If the almighty Spencer Rattler doesn't outperform a Nebraska unranked team and he ends up losing, I don't. Oklahoma should get booted off the top 10. Yep. Easily. Easily booted off. Maybe maybe top 15. Spencer Rattler is so overrated. How do you – like, he threw two interceptions against Tulane when he honestly should have thrown three. He he threw three interceptions. If we're we're being completely realistic, he threw three. 
and got one taken back because of a terrible pass interference call. And I guess you could say he came in, I guess, a week after and put up a good game. It still doesn't defeat the fact that he's overrated. Yeah. Uh, oh, he had a good game. Yeah, against Western North Carolina. Yeah, that doesn't show much. Like, it's not like he did that against West Virginia or something. Exactly. He's overrated. But, yeah, uh, I'm still taking the Sooners to win this game. Knowing that Oklahoma has not done well with their spread so far, especially when they're huge double-digit leads, for some reason, I just like Adrian Martinez and the Huskers to cover. You think they're going to come out and cover that game? Yeah. I hope so. So I think Oklahoma will win that game, but Oklahoma, or Nebraska will cover that 22-point spread. Hope we can see it happen. But knowing how Spencer Rattler and that Oklahoma team is, wouldn't surprise me if that happened. And I'm also going to take the under, but just under. Me. Yeah, me, me and the bet, like me and those uh, over and under stuff. I'm still learn, learning about it a little bit of overs and under. I know it's it's total points, right? If it's gonna be over yes. this, under that, okay, yeah. But uh, the over under for the game is 62. I could see it. Honestly. Yeah, I have the under. At noon on Fox Sports One from Milan, Pusker. St- that sounded completely inappropriate to say <laughs> so from Milan Stadium in Morgantown, West Virginia. We have the West Virginia Mountaineers hosting the number 15 Virginia Tech Hokies. The, the thing that surprises me, though, the Mountaineers are favored by three points and the over-under is 50 and a half. Jesus Christ. I'm taking the Hokies in the quote-unquote upset. You're taking, you're taking West Virginia? No, I'm taking the Hokies. But if you're going to go off the line, taking the Hokies is technically an upset since they're underdogs. Yeah, obviously. The over-under for that game is, uh, what was the, what would you say the over-under was? 50 and a half. Wow, Jesus Christ. I'm going to take the over, and I'm just going to just go away and just say Tech, tech wins it. Yeah, I, I agree with you here. At noon, okay, this one... This one will rapid fire. Mm-hmm. Do the Texas A&M Haggies cover their 29 and a half point spread at noon against New Mexico? And does the over of 50 and a half hit? No. So you have the under and will Texas A&M cover their two and their 29 and a half point spread against New Mexico? Highly doubted after last week. All right. Poor offense. I'm sorry. I, just well, I think that they're just going to play absolutely pissed off against the Lobos, so I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say no. I say the performance keeps going until they play somebody who's, you know, because, I mean, New Mexico is 2-0 too. That's, you know, I, but, I not a bad football team. But then when it comes to Mountain West play, they're going to be awful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. At noon on ESPN from Memorial Stadium in Bloomington, Indiana, we have the number eight Cincinnati Bearcats traveling there to take on the Indiana Hoosiers. The Bearcats are favored by four points, and the over/under is forty-nine and a half. Mm, I, I'll take the uh, I'll take the over. Yeah, I definitely agree that the over I think is going to hit. I like the Bearcats, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Hoosiers came away with the upset. 
Yeah, Indiana's always been that college football team that always either they'll they'll upset the big guys, but they'll never beat the teams that are bad. Uh, they'll upset like the big guys, but they can never they can never win on a regular basis unless it gets somebody that's really good. Shockingly. Yeah. <clears throat> At noon on ESPN two from UB Stadium in Buffalo, New York, the number sixteen Coastal Carolina Shauna Clears. They're actually taking on like a somewhat big group of five opponent. The Buffalo Bulls. The Shanaclears, though, they are still favored by 14 points, and the over-under is 57 and a half. Yeah, I'm going to take Coastal Carolina winning that game. I agree. Yeah, and I'll take them over. Actually, no, I'm going to go under. Yeah, I like the under as well. Yeah, I'll go under that game. At noon on ABC from Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida, we have the number 24 Miami Hurricanes hosting the Michigan State Spartans. The Hurricanes are favored by six points, and the over-under is 56-and-a-half. I'll tell you what I like. I like the under in this game, and I actually like the Spartans to cover that six-point spread. I could see Michigan State going on. I'll take the under, and I'll take Michigan State to win that. All right. Could you see Michigan State going back into the top 25? Yes. Mm. Now, right. how long will we – will they stay there? We don't know, but – Absolutely. At noon on the – Okay, uh, another one that we can just rapid fire. Do the Michigan Wolverines cover their 27.5-point spread against the Northern Illinois Huskies? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and does the over or the under hit at 54 points? Over by a mile. Yeah, as you can tell, uh, listener, me and we sporting here both hate Michigan. Despise would be a better word, Brad. Yes. Uh, let's just do some more rapid fires out of the way. Does Iowa cover their 23-point spread against Kent State? Hopefully. At 3.30 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. I say yes, and I like the under. Mm-hmm. I'll take the under for that also. I, I think me and you can both agree that Ohio State's going to play absolutely pissed off, and they're, co- they're going to cover their 24.5-point spread against uh, Tulsa. Wouldn't be surprised if I turned the game off just because of the fact that it's that bad. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I like it. To, for some reason, this game, I like it to be a push. Well, which is the Ohio State game? Which just means that it's 61 on the dot. Oh, yeah. Hopefully. You're expecting a 61 nothing game, bro? Uh, more like a 55 to 6. Hopefully, I mean Ohio State couldn't be, couldn't beat you know Minnesota, so I really don't want to sit here and be act all cocky. Just saying, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. All right, three thirty p.m. on CBS in Gainesville, Florida. The number one Alabama Crimson Tide travel to the swamp to take on the number eleven Florida Gators. The Tide are favored by 14 and a half points, and the over-under is at 59 and a half. Yeah, Bama's going to win that game by a long shot. I will excite. I'm honestly surprised that it's 14 for Alabama. It's not higher than 14. I'd say yeah. 20. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I got Alabama. Big. Yeah, marginal. Yeah. At 4 p.m. Eastern on the SEC Network, we have the number 20 Arkansas Razorbacks hosting the Georgia Southern Eagles. Razorbacks are favored by 23.5, and the over-under is 52.5. Take 
taking over, and I'm taking Arkansas. Yeah. At 7 p.m. on ESPN, we have the number two Georgia Bulldogs hosting the South Carolina Gamecocks. The over-under is 31.5 for the Georgia Bulldogs. The over-under, or excuse me, the spread for Georgia is 31.5 in their favor, and the over-under is 48 points. But remember, the last time that South Carolina was in Georgia, they won. Yeah, I was going to say, it wouldn't be surprising if South Carolina came away with a win. Yeah. Well, I'm skipping the big game on purpose because that will be the last one since that's mm-hmm. the biggest matchup of the week. But this one has no spread or over under. I think me and you both agree that at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on the Pac-12 Network, Oregon's going to crush Stony Brook. Absolutely. Coming in at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on the ACC Network, the number 21 North Carolina Tar Heels faced a team that they have struggled with significantly over the years, the Virginia Cavaliers. The Tar Heels, they're favored by eight points, and the over-under is 66.5. I'm going to take Virginia, actually, and I'm going to go under. All right. I think that uh, they finally get a win against UVA, so I like the Heels, and I definitely like the under. That's our first agree to disagree, right? Agree to disagree matchup for the week. Maybe. Yes. At 8 p.m. on ESPN 2, we have the number 17 Ole Miss Rebels hosting Tulane. The Rebels are favored by 14 points over under 76. I like that under, and mainly because this team took Oklahoma down to the wire, I like Tulane to cover this spread. Yeah. I'm going to go under Ole Miss. Ole Miss will take it. I think it's going to be under 76. I don't see yeah. it. I don't see it being that crazy. Yeah. At 10.15 p.m. Eastern on ESPN from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah, this is the interesting battle that I was speaking of. It is the number 23 BYU Cougars hosting the number 19 Arizona State Sun Devils. Mm-hmm. The that's, Devils, they are favored by four points, and the over-under is 51. That's going to be, honestly, that's going to be probably one of my favorite games to watch this week will be those two th- matchups right there. I want to take BYU, and I'm going to go under 51. All right. Yeah, I think I like BYU in the upset as well. Uh, and I see it as a push. At, sorry, this one's rapid fire. At 1030 on CBS Network, does Iowa State cover their 31 and a half point spread in Vegas against UNLV? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and the overheads. Now, this game is also interesting as well. At 1045 on the Pac-12 Network from the Rose Bowl, number 13 UCLA hosts Fresno State. The Bruins are favored by 11 and a half. Over under 63, but here is some insight to this quote-unquote rivalry between these two. Mm-hmm. So UCLA leads the all-time series, because I did some research into this. They lead the all-time series 6-3. to three. However, Fresno State has won three straight against the Bruins, and the last time that they played in the Rose Bowl, 2018, they absolute the Bulldogs crushed the Bruins by 24 points. 2018, uh, the Josh Rosen years? No. After probably Josh Rosen. 
So yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna take Fresno. In the Would, wouldn't shock me. I'm gonna take the under though. You know what? I agree with you. I I like the Bulldogs to upset the Bruins. Fresno's quarterback is absolutely phew, words can't describe. Yeah. Oh, we forgot a couple, excuse me, before I move on to our last game, the top 25. At 2.30 p.m. Eastern on NBC, we have the number 12, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, hosting old rival Purdue. Now they are favored by seven points. The over-under is 58. This is actually a trophy game. It matters on some people. Some people say Shillelagh. Some people say Shillelagh. Some people say Shillelagh. Yeah, I is an old Irish club. It was a weapon, but then as soon as the British took over Ireland, they actually disguised these as walking sticks. <laughs> and Notre Dame has won five straight shillelaghs or shillelaghs, shillelaghs against Purdue. But technically, it was actually seven straight, but they vacated two of them. Yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Notre Dame in this one. I'm actually gonna go under 58. I agree. At 3:30 on ABC from Memorial Stadium, South Carolina, Death Valley, number six Clemson hosts Georgia Tech. Tigers are favored by 28 and a half, and the over under is 52. Yeah, uh, Clemson should walk away with this one. Georgia Tech is they kind of, they're coming off of a win. I forgot who they beat last week. Um. Uh, yeah. Besides the point, but uh, yeah, I'll take Clemson on this one. Yeah, I agree. And the game of the week, college game day, seven thirty p.m. Eastern on ABC from Beaver Stadium. The number ten Penn State Nittany Lions welcome Auburn to the whiteout. They are yeah. the Nittany Lions are favored by five points, and the over under is fifty three points. Yeah, uh, that's going to be a battle. Auburn coming off of their blowout win versus Alabama State. Penn State playing phenomenal. I'm going to take Penn State to win this. I agree. I got my guys winning. I think we cover that five-point spread. And I think one matchup that some people aren't talking about, which is going to be a very interesting matchup, is Smoke Monday against Jahan Dotson. Yeah, that will be a – Great matchup. Absolutely. Yeah, that's going to be a fight. But it's it's the whiteout, and as Kirk Curbstreet says, whiteout games at night are a different environment. Absolutely. Night games are probably way more exciting than a day game, personally. Well, especially the Penn State whiteout. Oh, yeah. I remember one year there was this one viral video from Penn State, and it was like Penn State versus Michigan uh, – it was a, like so loud that they had to that there was a flag on the play just first drive of the game. You you remember? Yeah. Up? Yep. Yeah, I remember that. And that was a night game too. And geez, you guys know how to go crazy. Well, I mean, it's the second biggest stadium in the country for a reason. Yes, sir. I will say I hate Penn State, but Jesus, I love their stadium. Yep. Well, those are our top twenty-five picks of the week. Now let us take a look at NFL Week Two. Let's so to recap go. last week with my picks. I did not do great. I went 8-8, eight and eight, 500, the Cowboys' favorite record. <laughs> but the cherry on top of this embarrassment is that a dog that does trick shots on TikTok did better than me. 
Oh my God. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. A corgi named Lilo. She did better than me. Oh my God. No. She went 10 and six. Yeah. My picks this week were horrible. I did not do good. And I, I do not want to talk about my record. I did bad. Yeah. Now we're going into week two matchups. Yep. And kicking off Thursday night football for this season at 8.20 p.m. Eastern on the NFL Network for FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. Nico is a Washington fan, by the way, if any of you guys didn't know that. We have the 0-1 New York Giants coming off of a honestly terrible loss at home against the Denver Broncos. They travel to FedEx to take on the 0-1 Washington football team who – Fought down to the last second on the clock against the LA Chargers. Giants, they are three and a half point underdogs. So Washington's favored by three and a half points. The over under is 40 and a half, but Daniel Jones has won four straight. The Giants have won four straight against Washington. Yeah, you know, man, I'm not really the one to say anything, but I just hope to God we can just stop Daniel Jones as good as Von Miller did and the Denver Broncos defense. Yeah, I I like Washington in this game, mainly because it's in FedEx. And yeah. I think their defense is better than the Giants defense. Sorry, Sneaky. And <laughs> Ant and Zone and TMGF26. And the whole Giants community. <laughs> yeah, but... uh. I like – I know Javen's going to be happy I said this. I know Chris is going to be happy I said this. I like Washington in this game. I like them to cover that three-and-a-half-point spread. But it's just something about these two offenses. I just like the under in this game. Yeah, it's not a very dominant game of offenses. I mean, you're coming in here, Washington, without being out without Curtis Samuel. New York still just trying to find a rhythm with it. You know, coming back, Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay and Saquon Barkley, who's – Honestly, bro, we can both just say, to be honest with each other, Saquon Barkley was just kind of not there on Sunday. No, he was not. Not at all. 10, 10 carries for 26 rushing yards is not something you want coming back. But he has come back from an injury, so I will not butcher him that much for it. So, Yeah, I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. On Sunday, September 19th, 2021, at 1 p.m. on Fox, I think two weeks ago, we would both agree that this game would be a blowout, but now this game has actually gotten interesting. Mm -hmm. The 1-0 San Francisco 49ers coming off of a very, very close win against the Detroit Lions where they almost choked it away. They traveled to Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to take on my Philadelphia Eagles, who returned home after giving – after crushing the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta, and to say it in the words of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, we laid a smackdown on their candy ass. <laughs> yeah, that game, Brian, you know how I feel about your Eagles, man. Yeah. Uh, the Niners, they are favored by three points, and the over-under is 50 points. Now, the reason why this is intriguing is because Raheem Mostert, he got hurt last week in Detroit against the Lions, so he's going to be out for at least eight weeks. And their top corner, Jason Verrett, tore his ACL, so he's out for the entire year. But Josh Norman's coming back, man. Prime Norman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is just I, – I still have the 49ers winning. 
I'm not one of those Eagles fans that think that these two injuries will affect us. I hope I'm wrong where we beat the 49ers. I'm pretty sure we've won like two or three straight against them. But I I still think the 49ers come away with the victory. Yeah, I'll take the 49ers in this one, bro. No offense. None taken. (laughs) At 1 p.m. on CBS, we have the 1-0, surprisingly 1-0. Denver Broncos coming off of a very dominant game in Jersey. I say Jersey on purpose. In Jersey against the Giants. They will head to TIAA Bank Field to take on the 0-1 Jacksonville Jaguars. Who return home after a terrible game in Houston against the Texans. Broncos are favored by six points. Over under is 45 and a half. But you know the main story. It's the home opener for Trevor Lawrence. The greatest quarterback and so Andrew Luck. The next Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah, Trevor Lawrence, in my personal opinion. I made a TikTok today actually about Trevor Lawrence. I said, don't give up on Lawrence, guys. First game. Of I'm the not year. giving up on him. But he is, like I said, man, going up against a good defense. I'm not saying that the, that the Texans are a good defense, guys. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying Denver's has a good defense. That is a game that I'd like to see you. Who Trevor Lawrence really is. I'm taking the ponies. I gotta go with Denver too. Yeah. And this game is also interesting at 1 p.m. on Fox. We have, and it's still weird for me to say this, the 1-0 Cincinnati Bengals. Coming off of an overtime victory against the Minnesota Vikings. They'll travel to Soldier Field to take on the 0-1 Chicago Bears, who return home after getting their absolute asses handed to them by the L.A. Rams. The Bears are favored in this game by 2.5 points, and the over-under is 45. Honestly, man, I see the Bengals taking this. The Bears' secondary is absolutely horrible. What did what was the one thing we saw versus that Bears and Rams game? Guys like Van Jefferson were getting absolutely wide open. A third-string wide receiver getting absolutely wide open. Um, yeah. If anyone in fantasy football has Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, start them. Literally. Well, I'm pretty sure T. Higgins was carted off the field last week. Oh, really? Oh, I, I actually did not know that. I'm prayers up to T. Higgins. Though. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. I like Jazzy, this one's for you. Hootay Nation, where are you guys at? I'm picking the Bengals. Right. At 1 p.m. on CBS, the, this game this just screams that they're going to cover this but the 1-0 Houston Texans coming off of a dominant win at home against Jaguars last week they'll travel to Cleveland to take on the 0-1 Browns who unfortunately choked away the last minutes of the game against the Kansas City Chiefs the Brownies they are favored by 12 and a half points and the over-under is 48 yeah there's there's no uh there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Cleveland should walk away with this win, no problem. There really shouldn't be an issue with Cleveland winning this game by a huge margin easily. Yeah, I agree with you, my friend. I have the brownies. Don't pound! <laughs> that was for you, Jacob. Which, if you don't know why I keep saying these names, guys, um, these TikTok. are some of the guys that I follow on TikTok, and they followed me back. Yes, sir. Which I just... Hit 40,000 followers yesterday Congrats, and over bro. 1 million likes on TikTok. 
Congrats, man. That's huge. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I never thought I was going to reach that point. Hey, man, we all start somewhere, man. Yeah. At 1 p.m. on Fox, we have the 1-0 Los Angeles Rams coming off of a very dominant performance at home against the Chicago Bears. They will head to Indy to take on the 0-1 Indianapolis Colts, who I honestly didn't even look that bad last week against the Seahawks. No, not at all. The scoreboard really didn't show the actual performance of the game. Yeah, like, oh, they lost by 12. That team looked, That team was fighting from start to finish. And Wentz honestly didn't even look that bad. Not at all. It's going to be in that Frank Wright system. Yeah. Uh, the Rams are favored by, wow, only three and a half. And the over-under is 47 and a half. Hopefully the Colts can make it their first win because everyone in that division is undefeated and the Rams, everyone in that, no, is, is hasn't won a game and the Rams division, everyone is undefeated. Yeah. So could we see an, an NFC West team lose this week? I think this would be the matchup. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I I like the uh, the Rams to win this game. Yeah, the Rams would easily take it. Now this one's going to be interesting. At 1 p.m. on Fox, we have the 0-1 Buffalo Bills coming off of a, what's the word that I can use, piss-poor performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers. To keep a PG, we'll go questionable loss. Yeah. Um, they will head to Hard Rock to take on the 1-0 Miami Dolphins who beat the Patriots because of a Damian Harris fumble. The Bills, they're favored by three and a half points. Over-under is 47 and a half. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure the Bills haven't lost to the Dolphins since I want to say like 16 or 17. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, I think the Bills bounce back in a big way against the Dolphins because Josh Allen is a significantly better quarterback than Tua. I think some. I think the Steelers pissed off Josh Allen. <laughs> I uh, completely agree with you. At 1 p.m. on CBS, we have the 0-1. New England Patriots coming off of a, like I just explained, coming off of a very heartbreaking way to lose a football game against the Miami Dolphins. They'll travel to MetLife to look to win their eleventh straight win against the New York Jets. Yeah. Patriots um, are favored by six points, and the over-under is 42. Yeah, I'm going to take New England to take this one. Yeah, I agree. But if the Jets win, that'll just give me joy because I hate the Patriots. Mainly because of Bill Belichick. That's a game that if they wouldn't surprise me if Zach Wilson, but we all know how Bill Belichick is with rookie quarterbacks. He hates them, and we know that. Yep. At 1 p.m. on CBS, we have the 1-0. Las Vegas Raiders coming off in an overtime victory against the Baltimore Ravens on Monday night. They'll travel to Pittsburgh to also take on the 1-0 Pittsburgh Steelers, who really surprised me last week up in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. The Steelers are favored by five and a half points, and the over-under is 47 points. Yeah. 
I honestly, I want to take Oakland, dude. I really do. It's just at the end of the day, it's 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 Pittsburgh. Their defense is just their defense is just too good for yeah. that a week. If we, okay, I'll say this: how murdered Josh Allen got. Look at Vegas's O line; it's going to be a hell of a lot worse. Yeah, Vegas's O line is terrible. And again, Derek Carr, I feel so bad for you if you ever listen to this. I just want you to know I feel so bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> I got the – this is for all the Yinzers out there. The Pittsburgh Stullers. Stullers. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Oh, my God. It's one of the biggest rivalries from the 70s. The black and gold versus the silver and black. Come on. What is it? The Panthers versus New Orleans? No, that's that's what they call the Raiders Steelers rivalry. The black and gold versus the silver and black. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. At one PM on Fox. This one also surprised me. The one and New Orleans Saints. After absolutely crushing the Green Bay Packers traveled to Bank of America Stadium to take on the 1-0 Carolina Panthers as Sam Darnold got revenge against his former team. I got to go I got to go Carolina man. Their defense surprised all of us last week. I mean, I definitely agree with you but I don't know. There's just some You want me, you want me to get my uh, thing, bro? I'm gonna, I'm or, you know, bro, I'm going to Sorry Carson, I'm going with Nola. But I'm going to be real, bro. In my personal opinion, if you really look at Jameis Winston's game, they don't trust him, dude. No, they, they don't. They don't trust that. That's where it's going to come in, though. That's where it's going to – when they go up against – technically, Carolina is the number one defense in the league, technically speaking. I know it's been week one, but let's just give them credit where credit is due. They're a week one. They're they're the best defense in the league. I think that New World – I think Jameis Winston, they're going to cover those checkdowns, and they're going to force Winston to throw that ball deep, which we only saw him throw a deep ball one time. Fair enough. And now the, I, first, I, I still think that the Saints will win this game. Yeah, I mean, if they do, I mean, good for them, but don't expect Winston to be the reason why they win. Yeah. At 4.05 p.m. Eastern on Fox, we have the 0-1 Minnesota Vikings coming off of an overtime loss against the Bungles. They're traveling to State Farm in Glendale to take on the one this is probably the most surprising team of week one. The 1-0 Arizona Cardinals, who absolutely dominated the Titans. Yeah, that game, honestly, fluke or no, I'm going to say a little bit of a fluke. Lawan coming off of an injury. Chandler Jones having a five-sack game. Coming in out of Minnesota, who, again, does not have a good O-line. Expect a same performance out of Chandler Jones in that defense. Not as impressively dominant, but dominant. Yeah, the Cardinals, they're favored by three and a half over under. is 50 and a half. I like the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait for the next game. This next game. I kind of want to open up with this next game if you don't mind. <laughs> All right. Coming in at, let me see, 3.05 Central Time on Fox. The Atlanta Falcons are traveling to Tampa Bay. <laughs> Good Lord. If... If Tampa Bay even lets them score remotely over 10 points, I think that's a loss for them. I don't care if Tampa wins. It's just a straight loss. Kyle Pitts is not looking like the guy that we all expect it to be. As, you know, the next Julio Jones. 
Julio Jones 2.0 got locked up last week and I think only had like four receptions for 30-something yards. Good, yep. stuff. Good job with your Eagles there, Broad. Yep. Um, but, yeah, no, um, expect the same performance out of their offense and defense, and I'm, resp- I'm expecting Tom Brady to go absolutely crazy, and I'm expecting their run game to go heavy, heavy, heavy due to the fact that Atlanta is probably one of the worst teams to cover the run in the NFL. Yep. I agree. Because if we can kick their ass, the Buccaneers are going to have, and especially the Buccaneers will play pissed off after that Cowboys game. They're going to kill the Falcons. And yes, they did win, guys, but that game was not a Tom Brady game. Yeah, Tom Brady. Yeah, oh, my God, he threw four interceptions. What are you talking about? Or four touchdowns. What are you talking about? He also threw four, two interceptions. Yeah. And a couple, well, one of them was his fault, that Hail Mary, but that Leonard Fournette interception was not his fault. Yeah, where it was. Uh, Leonard Fournette looked like Evan Ingram with butterfingers. Yeah, where it bounced off a couple guys. Uh, at 4:25 on CBS, this is I guarantee Jim Nance and Tony Romo from SoFi Stadium. We have the 0-1 Dallas Cowboys coming off of that opening night loss against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which was surprising to all of us. They make their first trip to SoFi Stadium to take on the 1-0 LA Chargers, who had a hard-fought game against your Washington Football Team. Yeah. Chargers uh, are favored by three and a half points. The over-under is 55 and a half. Bro, I ask you a question. Yeah. Is there an impressive way to lose? No. I I, I knew exactly what you were going to say. You were going to talk about the yep. dumbass yep. thing that Kurt said. Yeah. Hell no. There is no way in hell. No way in hell. That, that, that sounded completely stupid. Like, I, I watched Sneaky's TikTok on that. I'm like, I lost brain cells listening to that. Yeah, after watching Justin Herbert last week, we all know that Chargers offense is an air-rated offense. Yeah. What is Dallas really bad at covering? Air-rated offense. Micah Parsons, one of their guys, I don't know, Brody, I believe you watched. I hope you – I think you watched the game, Tampa Bay I versus did. Cowboys. Micah Parsons is absolutely horrible at covering the zone, and Tom Brady – Oh, yeah, know that. terrible. Tom Brady – and no offense, I know he's probably, you know, Penn State alumni, but nah. Mance cannot cover the zone to save his life. Yeah, as soon as he puts on that Cowboys hat, that Cowboys jersey, I forget that he went to Penn State. Yeah. That's how I uh, felt about Sean Lee, too. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh, wait, never mind. He betrayed us all. <laughs> yeah. Um, expect the Chargers to come out of this game. And Just what's like the, Justin Fields betrayed us. Yeah, what's the, uh, what's the over-under in that game? Uh, 55 and a half. Jesus. I, I you mean, like how I had that little Justin Fields joke in there? Yeah, I like that. That was pretty funny. <laughs> you get the story, though, right? Remind me, but I do know what you're talking so, about. So, Justin Fields really wanted to go to Penn State, and he committed to Penn State after the 2016 whiteout when uh, the Nittany Lions have set the number two Buckeyes. Mm. Further down the road, he decommits from Penn State, commits to Georgia, and then transfers to Ohio State. Oh, I knew, yeah, I knew he transferred from – Georgia to Ohio State, I remember that, but I did not know he was oh, yeah. committed to Penn. Yeah, he was committed to Penn State originally. Oh wow, did not know that. Mm-hmm. And then can I? You might you might if I announce these last couple of games. Is that all right? Yeah, go ahead. Especially for Dylan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now coming in at three twenty-five Central. I know our times are a little different. He lives I'm in still- Illinois, by the way. If any of you guys are wondering, Indiana. But thank you, bro. Well, close <laughs> enough. Yeah, there you go. Um, coming in now at 325 on CBS, we have the Tennessee Titans versus the Seattle Seahawks. 
honestly, the guys, this this game, if, if I'll just say this. If Ryan Tannehill couldn't do a shootout like we were all supposed to see last week, we ain't seen that again because clearly Tennessee cannot hold a good D-line to save their life. I'm not saying the Seahawks have a good D-line, guys. I'm just saying that that just he got stupidly embarrassed embarrassed and if Chandler Jones can go off on him I wouldn't be surprised if you know guys like um Jamal Adams do good or Carlos Dunlap do good um I think Seattle will take this game don't forget Marginal. Bobby Wagner but I would I do not do not count out though Tennessee just due to the fact that Seattle's defense is horrible against the run horrible against the run yeah so Derrick Henry hopefully a big game but don't be surprised I like the Titans in this game mainly because if you look at Seattle's season last year, they did not just have one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL. They had one of the worst passing defenses in NFL history. Oh, I remember you talking about that. You were going in on that topic. You're like, Seattle's defense is just horrible. Yeah, their secondary is garbage. Oh, are you really saying that Quandre Diggs and Jamal Adams is terrible? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the co- collective group as a whole sucks. Now, but could we say the same thing about Arizona and look what happened? Yeah. So we we don't know. Maybe, you know, they're going to blitz. I, I still think that Jamal Adams is an overrated safety. If you want to call him a safety. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're supposed to be one of the top safeties in the league, how can you only have two interceptions in your entire career? Not sure how many sacks does he have, though. Like, he has over, like, 11, right? No idea. I think it's main. I think the main thing with him is force fumbles, like Marlon Humphrey. Yeah. So now, are we ready to move on to the next game? Yeah, I'm Can rocking we... with the Titans. You're rocking with the Seahawks. Yeah. So coming in now, uh, Sunday night game, 7:20 NBC. We have Kansas City versus the surprising 0-1 Baltimore Ravens. Um. I'm going to keep it straightforward with you. I don't really see Baltimore remotely coming close to winning this game. Yeah. And, um, I will say, though, the, what's going to kill Kansas City and what's always killed Kansas City is the run game. And would you be shocked if you saw Lamar Jackson, Latavius Murray? Um, who else did they sign? Devontae Freeman or Le'Veon Bell do good? Would I be surprised? Not really. But don't be surprised, though, if Kansas City wins by a marginal marginal performance yeah i mean everyone was hyping up jackson versus mahomes to be the next brady versus manning it's not even a rivalry mahomes is three and oh against lamar jackson make it four now yeah uh because he won the first two years in kansas city then he absolutely crushed them last year on monday night football in baltimore and now he's coming back to baltimore he's gonna kill him yeah absolutely but hopefully though all coming off of a better performance than what we saw last week. Because last week, Mahomes was not looking like Mahomes. Yeah. But Cleveland's defense is questionable. Pretty good. But I, I can't wait to hear uh, we hoping before we lose. Before, after they lose. This was a massive dub for the Ravens. You, you, just, know. you just made Lamar Jackson angry. <laughs> yeah, you're, oh, it, like, the fact he said, I know most of his stuff is satire, but I really can't tell sometimes if he's joking or not. Neither can I, dude, honestly. Like, it, he said massive dub for the Ravens, and then he was arguing with a Raiders fan on Instagram Live saying the only reason why the Raiders won is because they won the coin toss. Yet, if you remember, Derek Carr threw an interception at the goal line. 
and then Lamar Jackson fumbled. And funny enough, my friend's cousin was the one who made that strip sack. Carl Nassim? Yep. Man, the myth, the legend, man. Yeah, I went to uh, high school with his younger cousin. Oh, that's pretty cool. He's people. Honestly, he's a pretty good player, and you know, he's he's pretty. Yeah, he's decent. I will say he's pretty decent. Yes, and we will not bring up his off-season drama because I'm not bringing political stuff into this. Of course not. Of course not. Now, in the last game. Now, guys, I don't know why the NFL schedulers base this game to be a Monday night football game, but let's have it. Yeah. Give me the 0-1 Detroit Lions versus the 0-1 Green Bay Packers. Guys, th- this is a perf- this is a game we've been waiting for, Broad. Can't you agree? Yeah. <laughs> I know you're just clawing at your screen right now waiting to watch that Monday night game. Yeah. Oh, that That's a terrible Thursday night game next week, too. What's next week's Thursday night game? I, I just wanted to look ahead to see... <laughs> I forgot that the Eagles. Oh my God. I forgot the Eagles and the Cowboys is next Monday night. Oh, that's a good Monday night game, man. Hey, yeah. Well, it's going to be the first time in a long time that the Eagles and the Cowboys do not have a Sunday night football game. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, do we really need to go we, into- it, it was the longest running rivalry on Sunday night football, and now it's snapped this year. Yeah, uh, or do we have to even discuss this game? Because uh, if Aaron no, because Rod- Aaron Rodgers is going to play absolutely pissed off and absolutely murder the Detroit Kitty Cats. Yeah, if Detroit manages to win this game, I'm I'm just going to just shoot myself. I'm sorry. I just oh my god. If Detroit wins this game, I'm gonna sell Aaron Rodgers in fantasy. I'm gonna delete the app of TikTok. I don't want to like, go on for that. Here, here was the most brutal thing about me this last week. In one of my other leagues, because, you know, I'm in, like, six different fantasy leagues, and it pisses me off. Aren't we all? In one of my leagues, I had Aaron Rodgers starting against the Saints. And guess who was on my bench? Jameis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry. So I got crushed by, like, 28 points or something like that. And then I look at it, and I'm like, Jameis had 29 points. So, wow. That really would have made a difference. Yeah, a big difference. <laughs> I I had a mediocre week in fantasy. I went like six and three in all my leagues. So. I I have no idea. All I know is on ESPN I went zero for two. I didn't I didn't even see how I did with the NFL, and I didn't even see if I won in your league. Oh, but you got to be active in that league, man. Hell, the people are active in that league. Yeah. Well, that I believe that concludes this week's NFL. Yeah, that does. Um, we sporting. My man, Nico, I want to thank you so much for uh, getting on here and talking football with me, man. Of course, man. I'd, I'd, I'd honestly would love to come back. This was so fun. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Fun. We will schedule. We'll have to uh, look at when you want to come back on here, man. Absolutely. But uh, this is going to wrap it up for episode number 38 of Broad Sports. As always, I want to thank my special guests here at We Sporting. And please follow Broad Sports on all of our social media pages. That is Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Absolutely. If you guys are not following this man, this man makes funny content and good content. And 18 and notes teams that whip my ass every single time. <laughs> well, for my man Wee Sporting, this is your host, Kevin Cohn, signing off. I hope you all have an amazing day.